Guess what? Beauty Unlocked is turning four. Can you imagine it's been four years since we dropped our first episode? I know, I'm shocked. To celebrate Beauty Unlocked's fourth birthday, I've decided to release a three-part compilation of our bonus episodes. It's a trip down memory lane. I've certainly come a long way since our first episode back in February of 2020, from editing to script writing to content creation and so much more. And I couldn't have done it without you. So I would like to thank each and every one of you for your support along the way, from listening to downloading for your words of encouragement and for all of your support and, of course, your patience. Now, I ask as a present if you would be kind enough to head on over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating, as this helps the show reach potential new listeners. I'll leave both links in the show notes. And if you're on social media like Instagram, TikTok, or even YouTube, even though YouTube isn't social media, but you know what I mean, it would mean the world if you followed or subscribed to the YouTube channel. I'll add the links to the show notes. With all that being said, my love buckets, I hope you enjoy this trip down memory lane. I'll drop the second compilation on Saturday and the third on Tuesday. Have a lovely and safe weekend, my love buckets, and you'll hear from me again in March with a brand new episode. Bye! Come with me on this bonus episode as we unravel the unconventional wisdom of renowned Roman naturalist and author Pliny the Elder and his work, Natural History. Get ready to be transported to eras long gone where beauty was a fusion of wisdom, superstition, and a touch of daring experimentation. As we peel back the layers of time, prepare to be amazed, entertained, and enlightened by the age-old traditions that shaped beauty regimes of yore. Are you ready? In this short bonus episode, our focus turns towards a luminary of antiquity, Gaius Plinius Segundus, fondly remembered as Pliny the Elder. Now, Pliny was not just a Roman naturalist and author, but also a natural philosopher, naval and army commander of the early Roman Empire, and a friend of the Emperor Vespasian. He was born in 23 AD in Como, amidst the breathtaking landscapes of Lombardy, a province in northern Italy. Pliny's path led him through the ranks of the Roman army, and in his later life he became a prolific writer. His magnum opus, Natural History, stands as a testament to his insatiable curiosity and boundless intellect. A colossal work, it's divided into 37 books, organized into 10 volumes. These cover topics including astronomy, mathematics, geography, ethnography, anthropology, human physiology, zoology, botany, agriculture, horticulture, not too sure if I said that right, pharmacology, mining, mineralogy, sculpture, art, and precious stones. My goodness. 
He published the first 10 books in 77 AD, but had not made a final revision of the remainder at the time of his death during the eruption of Vesuvius in 79 AD. The rest was published posthumously by Pliny's nephew, Pliny the Younger. Pliny's natural history became a model for later encyclopedias and scholarly works as a result of its breadth of subject matter, its referencing of original authors, and its index. But what sets Pliny apart from the pages of history are his quote-unquote remedies, a curious collection of practices and potions that might just raise your eyebrows today, because let me tell you, they certainly raise mine. These unconventional elixirs extracted from the annals of natural history offer a unique glimpse into the past's approach to self-care. So join me, my friends, as we embark on a captivating voyage through natural history and reveal the intriguing, sometimes bewildering practices of the past. Here we go. Are you plagued by high sexual desire? A man's urine in which a lizard has been drowned is an anti-aphrodisiac potion. So also are snails and pigeons droppings, drunk with olive oil and wine. The urine of a eunuch also has the same effect. Have a toothache? It may be cured by using the ashes of the head of a dog that has died in a state of madness. The head, however, must be burnt without the flesh and the ashes injected with oil of cypress into the ear on the side affected. If all else fails, earthworms boiled in oil and injected into the ear on the side affected afford considerable relief. Want that thick, lustrous hair? Apply the urine of a young ass. Just to be clear, when I, I say a young ass, I mean a donkey, except that it's a wild donkey, not a, a human ass. Like, just, I just wanted to be clear on that. <laughs> I mean, I hope there was no confusion there. <laughs> Suffering from epilepsy? Consider using a camel's brain dried and taken in vinegar. If that doesn't work, epileptic patients are in the habit of drinking the blood even of gladiators, draughts teeming with life, as it were, a thing that, when we see it done by the wild beasts even upon the same arena, inspires us with horror at the spectacle. And yet these persons, forsooth, consider it a most effectual cure for their disease to quaff the warm, breathing blood from man himself, and as they apply their mouth to the wound to draw forth his very life. I have so many questions. Is the gladiator alive and you're doing this? Or is the gladiator close to death? Is he dying? I mean, I'm, I'm confused. Do you just go and cut the gladiator and then suck the blood directly from him? I don't know why I have so many questions. I mean, either way, it's quite disturbing. Are you perhaps plagued by low sexual desire? The right section of a vulture's lung worn as an amulet in a crane's skin is a powerful aphrodisiac, as is consuming the yolks of five dove eggs mixed with a denarius of pig fat and honey, or sparrows, or sparrow eggs. And if that doesn't work, where... <laughs> I can't! <laughs> and if that doesn't work, wearing as an amulet a rooster's right testicle wrapped in ram skin... <laughs> My friends, I'd rather be plagued by low sexual desire. <laughs> what the fuck? 
want to avoid the toothache altogether. A mouse is to be eaten twice a month as a preventative of toothache. Have joint pain? Try bathing in urine of a person who has lived on a cabbage diet. Ladies want to avoid wrinkles? Try using leaves steeped in the urine of a boy or girl not yet adolescent, pounded with saltpetre and applied to the abdomen. How about maintaining those pearly whites? It is considered a very efficacious remedy to wash the teeth with goat's milk or bull's gall. The pastern bones of a she-goat just killed, reduced to ashes, and indeed, to avoid the necessity for repetition of any other four-footed beast reared in the farmyard, are considered to make an excellent dentifrice. Cures for babies. The brain of a she-goat passed through a golden ring is given drop by drop by the magi to babies before they are fed with milk to guard them from epilepsy and other diseases of babies. Restless babies, especially girls, are quieted by an amulet of goat's dung wrapped in a piece of cloth. My friends, what about those snake bites? Well, the fumes of the burning horns or hair of the she-goat will repel serpents, they say. The ashes, too, of the horns used either internally or externally are thought to be an antidote to their poison. Persons who find that they are recovering but slowly from injuries inflicted by a serpent will find their health more speedily re-established by frequenting the stalls where goats are kept. Those, however, whose object is a more assured remedy, attach immediately to the wound the paunch of a she-goat killed for the purpose, dung and all. Others, again, use the flesh of a kid, and when we're talking about a kid, we're talking about a baby goat, just killed and fumigated with the singed hair, the smell of which has the effect of repelling serpents. I'm sure it has the effect of repelling other human beings as well. Hey, John, are you still suffering from a stiff neck? Well, I got the cure for you, buddy. For the painful cramp attended with inflexibility, to which people give the name of opisthotony, the urine of a she-goat ejected into the ears is found very useful, as also a liminant made of the dung of that animal mixed with bulbs. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode on Pliny the Elder's natural home remedies. Let me know which one you're interested in trying, and I'm sure we can work something out. I have an honest question for you. How far would you go and what would you do in order to get views on YouTube or any social media for that matter? What are you willing to do? We're going to get into it in this month's bonus episode. I might not know what to say about what's happening, the fuckery, the shenanigans that's happening around the world, but I will say this. Can you imagine that this is our first bonus episode of 2022 and that our last bonus episode was in July of 2021? I'm just going to keep silent and and I'm going to let you think about it for a moment. I want to mention a trend that was going around apparently about four years ago or so, three, four years ago. Um, And I don't know if you're aware of it, but here it is. Prepare to get your mind blown. Those are my words. It's not the article's words. Listen to this. Why are teens snorting condoms on YouTube? Let me repeat that for you. Why are teens snorting condoms on YouTube? The condom challenge is making a comeback. We take a deep breath 
I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what is happening. The condom challenge. Why is it that we are using condoms in any other way other than the way that they were meant to be used? Like, so we can snort condoms, but we can't wear them? Make it make sense, please. So this article was written back in 2018 for Men's Health, and it's by Annie Hayes. And like I said, it's called Why Are Teens Snorting Condoms on YouTube? Condoms. We're a fan of them. They're the ultimate wingman for consequence-free encounters, preventing unwanted pregnancies and protecting you against STIs. When used in the way nature intended, that is. But as with every product designed for safety, there's a dark part of the internet hell-bent on abusing it for the sake of views. I just have a quick question. I wonder, it's been a while, right, since I've, you know, needed condoms because, well, guess what? Yours truly is not having much sex in the times of a fucking pandemic. But okay, um, that's besides the point. <laughs> but I wonder, since this condom challenge took place back in 2018, I wonder now if on condom packages, they say, do not fucking snort. Can you please let me know, those of you who are having plenty of sex, and I'm hoping it is very safe sex, consensual sex, all right, um, let me know if they wrote that on the fucking condom packages, because I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping they have, because apparently people are not using them for what they were manufactured for. But if you're of the opinion that the internet somehow couldn't get any weirder, the condom challenge is here to prove you wrong. Not to be confused with the trend of the same name that took over our screens in 2015. I was unaware of that challenge, too. That's me saying that. That, more innocently, involved filling a condom with water and dropping it on your head. Okay, that's innocent. That really is innocent. This viral social media challenge sees YouTubers inhale an entire condom through one nostril and pull it out of their throat from their mouth. Yes, really. The craze, which has apparently been around for almost a decade, is capturing teen imaginations once again. Why would anyone snort a condom? We hear you cough and splutter. Probably for the same reason they bite into a sachet of Tide laundry detergent, set themselves alight with rubbing alcohol, swallow a spoonful of ground cinnamon, or attempt any one of the baffling idiotic social media challenges that have plagued YouTube recently. Aside from the obvious choking hazard, health experts have warned of the potential for an allergic reaction or infection caused by the spermicidal lube. Accidentally swallowing the condom could also lead to serious stomach issues. <laughs> Worse still, since your windpipe is connected to your airways, the condom could be sucked into your lungs, resulting in bronchitis or pneumonia and a very uncomfortable trip to A&E. Although that hasn't stopped these guys. Our advice, while you're waiting for this ridiculous craze to blow over, put your condoms to good use with Okay, seriously, this this is <laughs> shameless advertising. I'm going to have to say this again. Put your condoms to good use 
with four sex positions that'll help her climax faster <laughs> and thank us later. <laughs> I'm laughing because obviously there's a link to another article that they have on in on men's health. I don't even know. <laughs> four four sex positions to make her climax faster. I'll be I'll be of course putting this uh, <laughs> this article in in the show notes so that if you would like. To click on that link of four positions to make her climax faster, you can check it out. (laughs) All right, we're getting to the main trend that I wanted to bring to you. Got a little sidetracked, but that's okay. I wanted to bring to you the condom challenge. You're welcome. Setting all fuckery aside with the condom challenge, we're keeping with the theme of hair. Now, our regular episode had to do about modern hair removal and how white supremacy is linked to it, right? (laughs) Well, now we're going to talk about another trend, kids. Have you ever heard of the trend unicorn armpit hair? No? Well, apparently, according to Marie Claire, it was the best beauty trend of 2019. I don't know what the hell was happening in my life. Actually, I do know very well what was happening in my life then, but I did not know of this. Did you know of the unicorn armpit hair trend? No? Yes? Well, here we go. It's 2019. We need to stop shaming women who refuse to succumb to stereotypical gender norms. Women have every right to embrace their body hair. We most certainly do. Gloriously. The first month of the new year has been dubbed January. January. Now, you're probably asking, who started this whole January situation? Well, January was founded by a 21-year-old drama student, Laura Jackson, who is aiming to promote the acceptance of body hair on women through the movement, as well as raising plenty of money for charity. So her Facebook page reads, Society seems to be behaving as if the natural hair we grow on our bodies is unattractive and distasteful. We are so used to removing our body hair that we are becoming unfamiliar with our authentic selves. So that's uh, January. It was drama student Lara Jackson who came up with January. Now back to the Marie Claire article. The first month of the new year has been dubbed January, an ongoing celebration on social media encouraging women to grow out and show off their body hair. Now, women are dynamic, radiant, vibrant beings, so naturally, January got really colorful. On Instagram, some women are dyeing their armpit hair in rainbow shades and calling them hashtag unicorn pits. Girls just really want to have fun. To give you a bit of context, People reports that one of the originators of the unicorn pit trend is YouTuber official Rainbow Girl. Back in 2016, she uploaded a tutorial on how to dye your armpit hair a rainbow color, which racked up over 616,000 views. God damn, seriously? (laughs) Uh, If I find the video, I'll be posting it on the Facebook group or page, sorry. The trend has resurged in 2019 and people everywhere are making the world a little brighter with their unicorn pits. Thankfully, the beauty industry is catching on. 2018 introduced the onset of forward-thinking beauty brands like Billy, who openly share empowering imagery of women with body hair 
and have championed the idea of shaving off gender norms for good. In my opinion, America could really use this sprinkle of color on social media because things are looking a little dark. Haters are gonna hate, but I'm so here for it. So am I. I actually remember seeing Miley Cyrus um, dying. I think her, her armpit hair was like a pink or something. And I was like, well, that's something different. So to tell you the truth, I'm all for this trend. Question is, are you? What would you say if you saw someone donning the unicorn armpit hair trend? <laughs> I would actually stop and stare and be like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> and then I would go up to that person and I'll be like, that is fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> Have you ever thought, is there such a thing as the perfect penis size? If the thought has crossed your mind, then you've come to the right place. Let's get into it in this brand new bonus episode. I hope you're all ready for this bonus episode because <laughs> I don't even remember how I came to these articles or, you know, did I type penis beauty standards? Maybe I did. I don't remember. But um, here we are today. <laughs> So like I said, we're going to talk about the perfect penis size. <clears throat> oh, my, my, my. So this bonus episode, just to let you know, is going to be short. <laughs> no pun intended. This is going to be a fucking difficult one, that's for sure. <laughs> so hop on and let's, let's delve into this article written by Allie Head. So apparently, the perfect penis size does exist. Question, is bigger always better? The perfect penis size is a bone, yes, we went there, of contention for many. Sometimes, it seems like everyone has an opinion on it, when really, it shouldn't matter. Trust us, you can have great sex with someone with any size penis, as long as A, you both know how to work each other's bodies, and B, you have sizzling sexual chemistry, plus a handful of the best sex toys for couples on hand for extra playing. But aren't you curious as to what generally is considered the ideal penis size? Because FYI, there are all different shapes, sizes, and types of penis out there. So, is there such a thing as a perfect penis size? A team of researchers has come up with the average penis size that their research group preferred, and it turns out, for them, bigger wasn't always better. The 2015 study found that not only do the women surveyed overwhelmingly preferred average-sized penises, but they have slightly different preferences in the penis they're encountering. <laughs> if it's a long-term lover or a one-night stand, they may or may not have met on Tinder. A sample of 75 female participants were asked to handle 33 prosthetic phalluses in a range of shapes and sizes created by a 3D printer. Surely the best use of the relatively new technology we've heard of yet. They were then told to sort them out into their ideal penis for their long-term partner or sex buddy versus a one-night stand. In order to remove any racial bias or stereotype, the fake willies were all blue. Turns out that the women in the study's perfect penis size was 6.3 inches long and 4.8 inches around for going steady. Who uses that term anyway? And 6.4 inches long and 5 inches around for a fling. 
The average erect penis size is between 5.5 and 6.3 inches, just an FYI. The results found that it's not length but girth that mattered more to women, as confirmed by Dr. Nicole Prouse, who headed up the study. To maximize the chances of receiving the sexual benefits, it makes sense that women might prefer a larger girth penis that brings the clitoral glands closer to the friction point and also will stimulate the crura legs of the clitoris internally more, Prowse told the Daily Beast. Since context matters, men should be thinking fit rather than fat with respect to their penis size. In other words, women may prefer different sizes for different reasons at different times. So chances are very good any guy is someone's idea, ideal for the relationship type they are seeking. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, listen, it, it's not interchangeable, so might as well have different size sex toys, friends. Obviously, it's worth noting here, this is just one scientific study conducted on a relatively small group of 75 participants a few years back now. Everyone's preference, ultimately, will be different, and not all people who identify as women will be attracted to people who identify as men, or penises generally. But still, it's interesting, no? Look, I'm going to get real and raw with you, because <laughs> that's what I do uh, on this podcast, but um, in my personal and humble opinion, I've encountered all shapes and sizes, circumcised and not, and to tell you the truth, I didn't care about the size. Okay, that's a fucking lie. I did once say, where the fuck is that going to fit? Because this person's penis was just, it was big. It was big. It was girthy. I mean, I'm surprised that this person didn't feel lightheaded when they got an erection. But that was pretty much the only time I said, where is that going to fit? <laughs> And truthfully, apart from like the three longer term relationships I had, I mostly had flings, one night stands. So for me, the most important thing was, well, let's let's face it, hygiene, right? <laughs> that's that's a big one. Um, and also, if you know how to fucking use it, let, let's be honest. I, I mean, come on now. Let's 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 be real honest. So to those that have a penis, stop thinking of size and shape and whether there's a bit of a curve to it. I mean, in all reality, who the fuck cares? Care more about what your partner likes and how they want to be touched and have conversations. And remember that just because one person likes something doesn't mean everyone else will like the same damn thing. And stop thinking that you're in a fucking porno also. Oh, my, my, my. So have those conversations and stop assuming, stop assuming that everyone likes the same thing and stop thinking that you're some sort of sex god based on the number of people you've slept with. Oh, and I forgot. Be safe, use protection, and get tested, my friends. And don't, for the love of God, say, well, you know, I'm clean. Like, I don't need to get tested. No, no, you're not, you filthy fuck. Go and get tested. There's so many other things I want to list, but the most important is consent. And consent can be given and taken away at any fucking time. So I don't care if you're mid-pump, if the person, and I'm hoping that you're checking in, says stop or no or whatever, then you will withdraw. I could go on and on and on. And I have in other episodes, we've talked about it with the daughter of Lilith multiple times. So you can check out all those episodes where we talk about this more in depth, not penis size, but everything that has to do with consent and the rest. Um, 
But yeah, I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. Remember that just because this study was conducted all the way back in 2015, feels like a lifetime ago, actually. Um, there is no such thing as the perfect penis size. Everybody's preference is, is different. So you're single and you've tried it all. Sliding into people's DMs, dating apps, even purposely bumping into people at the grocery store like you're in a rom-com to strike up conversation. But have you tried vaping? Let me tell you, kids, you certainly don't want to miss this bonus episode. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're ready for this. Uh, just a listener's discretion for this bonus episode. I am telling you, I feel like my bonus episodes lately have been ridiculous trends that are just on the internet and um this one is another is another trend god i don't even know if i'm ready to talk about this but it's going around so might as well just do a bonus episode but god damn it seriously the things that we as human beings come up with here we go i like i said a listener's discretion is advised if you've been on tiktok recently then you'll know the art of seduction is on the internet's mind Case in points, the siren eyes makeup trend, which is blowing up on the platform and promises to bring in the man or woman of your dreams. Well, now vaping is the latest TikTok trend that promises to attract potential partners. But what exactly does vaping involve? Oh, man. <laughs> vaping, while not a new trend, is taking social media sites like TikTok by storm. Vaping is the act of taking one's vaginal secretions and using it as a perfume. People dab the secretion on various erogenous zones, such as the elbow, wrist, or behind the ear. The practice is believed to increase a person's sexual attractiveness. Vaping became popularized recently by TikToker Mandy Lee. Have no clue who she is, but all right. She argues in a now-deleted video, hmm, it can help people get dates. Mandy encourages her followers to try it, recommending places such as the gym and crowded bars. Since her original video, there has been thousands of responses, with the hashtag vaping trend hashtag having over 1.5 million views. <laughs> now I have to I have to tell you how Urban Dictionary uh describes vaping. Are you ready? This is when you stick your lady fingers in between your lady lips and put your lady juice behind your lady ears so that people want to sex your lady box. <laughs> how does vaping work? Vaping is premised on the science of pheromones, a form of olfactory communication. In other words, communicating via smell. Bodily secretions, such as vaginal fluids, contain pheromones that can convey a range of information about a person, including their genetic makeups. In the animal kingdom, different pheromones can do different things, such as incite a behavioral response. While pheromones play an important role in how animals communicate with each other, research is divided as to whether pheromones play a significant role in sexual and romantic compatibility for humans. The science is inconclusive as to whether humans can sense pheromones and if this has any impact on dating or sexual behavior. On Australia's The Kyle and Jackie O Show, a doctor debunked the claims that vaping leads to some sort of romantic connection. He said, 
There are a variety of aromas that come from down below, and sometimes they can be sweet, and sometimes they can't be. It's not going to be as powerful a bloke attractor as some ladies may think. While scientists argue vaping does not work and others question if it is a hoax, vaping practitioners insist on its effectiveness. Several people have tried and documented their vaping experience. They claim it has helped them have hotter sex and flirty interactions with others. Vaping as a feminist act. Vaping has been criticized as an act of desperation. Vaping is also seen as another tool of patriarchal oppression in which women are taught to value their self-worth by their ability to sexually attract men. It has also been regarded as unhygienic and disgusting and has become fodder for many comedians. However, there is a long history of disdain for the vagina smell. Vaginas are viewed as unhygienic, dirty, or contaminating. This has been regarded as something shameful and to be disguised, making it a breeding ground for capitalist markets to create insecurities and develop products as a response, such as the development of vaginal cleansing products marketed to help women feel fresh and confident and to mask natural vaginal odors. Now, before I continue, please don't use any of those kind of things. Just please. Your vagina is self-cleaning. Just don't. Don't. More recently, there has been a rise in products that promise to not only cleanse the vagina, but lighten the vulva. The lightened color of the skin is not only linked with hygiene, but also racism and privileging whiteness. Concerns and shame associated with the smell and appearance of genitalia can also result in other practices like Brazilian waxing and anal and vulva bleaching. The consequences of stigma associated with vaginal smell range from a negative impact on people's comfort with sexual experiences to concerns about sexual health. This can include discomfort in receiving oral sex to encouraging hygiene practices that present the potential for increased health risks. The trend of vaping and those taking it up could herald a new direction where the vulva and vagina are embraced. This build on public attempts to celebrate the vulva and vagina, such as Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina-scented candle, artistic exhibits that showcase a diversity of genital appearance, or even Amy Gibbs or Amy Lee Wood from the television series Sex Education's labia-themed cupcakes. Some argue vaping may be less about attracting others and more of a form of bodily awareness. Writer Tracy Duncan found that when they vaped for a week, they felt more sexually confident in themselves and began to embrace their natural musk. Tracy Duncan writes, This week, I thought more consistently about how much I've bought into the misogynist sanitization of pussy than I ever have before, and I purposefully opted out. While some may mock the trend of vaping, take it as ironic or argue it does not work, it nevertheless indicates the vulva and vagina and their functions are now out and proud. Well then, let me tell you something. I am, I am someone who says, listen, be proud if you are a vulva owner. Be proud of it. I understand, of course, because we are a very pornified society, we have a tendency of comparing our vulvas to what we see in porn. Um, understand that that is not, uh, that's very unrealistic. Um, everybody's vulva is different. Everybody's vulva, vagina has its unique odor and there is nothing shameful about it. Saying that, if you have a change in color of discharge or smell 
or it's itchy, it's burning, whatnot, please, please, friends, go and visit uh, your general practitioner or your gynecologist to make sure that there is nothing wrong. Um, but other than that, I am all for being close to vulvas. I really am. Um, but I do believe that there is a time and a place to be smothered in vaginal juices. And out in the streets is not one of them. <laughs> But I would love to hear from you. Let me know if you are willing to to try vaping. <laughs> Let, uh, tell me if it, how it goes. I want to hear it all. You can send us uh, an email at Carissa's Podcast Hour twenty twenty two at gmail dot com. The the email address will be, of course, in um, the show notes. I would love to know your thoughts about vaping. Like I said, there is a time and a place to be showered with vaginal juices i feel like in the streets is not one of them but that's my opinion i want to know what you think <laughs> i do hope you enjoyed this bonus episode and that it was uh educational for you so now if you come across the word vaping you know exactly what it means breaking news We interrupt your regular programming with the latest headlines. Stay tuned for more. In the latest wacky home remedy trends, online bloggers, vloggers, and alternative health therapists are urging folks to cleanse their bits with this popular salad staple. In other news, the potato is no longer demonized as an unhealthy starch. Quite the contrary, people are going crazy and have decided to use it in another way by chopping, freezing, and inserting it up your... Stay tuned to get the full story on the latest wacky home remedy trends. Wait, what are we doing? you if somebody walks in here they're just gonna say she's lost her fucking mind <laughs> welcome folks to a brand new bonus episode coming at you hard and fast always i would wink actually i'm winking right now but you can't see it so i'll just say insert wink I'm Carissa, host of beauty unlocked and today's bonus episode i'm not talking about one but two trends let me reiterate that two very concerning trends that are circulating around the interwebs. Let's dive headfirst into the utter shenanigans that humans come up with. Are you ready? All right. I can't believe this. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. Anyway, so the first article I found in the New York Post, uh, NewYorkPost.com, and it was written back in 2017, so it's been circulating for quite some time. Mother of God, what the fuck? But here it is. Doctors beg you not to cleanse your vagina with a cucumber. Let me repeat myself. Doctors beg you not to cleanse your vagina with a cucumber. It's not a crime to want to take good care of your lady bits. But ladies, using a cucumber to cleanse your vagina is not the way to go. Yes, you read that right. 
Bloggers, vloggers, and a number of alternative health therapists are encouraging women to cleanse their lady garden with a salad staple, but only after peeling it. A thinly veiled attempt at safety advice, perhaps? The odd trend, dubbed a vagina facial, apparently involves inserting the cold cucumber into your vagina before twisting it around for about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Some even suggest sleeping with it, you know where, and others say you should leave it in until it's completely warmed through. Mm. 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 They claim the fruit's high vitamin content helps sanitize and maintain a pleasant odor down there and can even ward off sexually transmitted infections. But any doctor worth their credentials will tell you that is wrong. Do you know what? I'm not a doctor at all, and I do believe in home remedies, but this, my friends, this is not the way to fucking go. The fact is, vaginas are self-cleaning. They don't need any extra help to keep them fresh, not even soap. And using a cucumber as a natural douche could actually leave you at a greater risk of infections like gonorrhea and even HIV by upsetting the natural pH balance of your intimate bits. Dr. Jen Gunter, a Canadian gynecologist, warned that if you have a vagina, you should definitely not do this. Now, if you follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or even TikTok, I actually made a Did You Know video talking about glitter bombing your vagina, and Dr. Jen Gunter was one of those um, doctors or gynecologists, I, I should say, that said, don't glitter bomb your vagina. She even wrote a whole fucking article about it. But that's besides the point. I think we have this obsession of shoving things up and in us. I don't know what it is. Like, what, what's happening here? What's happening here, folks? She said, attempts at cleaning your garden in this way can actually cause more harm than good. This idea that some kind of vaginal cleansing is required, be it a peeled cucumber or the feminine washes sold at drugstores, is misogyny dressed up as healthcare, and I'm having none of it, she wrote on her blog. Vaginas are not dirty. Study after study after study tells us that douches, cleanses, steams, vinegar, pH-balancing products, Alloy, colloidal silver, garlic, or whatever else passing as the vaginal snake oil du jour at best do nothing but have real potential for harming good bacteria or disrupting the mucosal surface. By damaging lactobacilli at the mucosa, attempts at vaginal cleansing increase a woman's risk of contracting gonorrhea or HIV if she is exposed. Paradoxically, it would also cause odor. And if that hasn't got you squeezing your legs together at the thought of such an utterly bizarre trend, this might. All kinds of fungi and anything else that can be picked up in a vegetable patch could end up thriving in your very own lady garden. Gunter added, Cucumbers seem prone to all kinds of nasty fungi, and I just don't think anything capable of getting blossom and rot, a type of vegetable rot, should go in a vagina. All in all, I'd say it's probably wise to not introduce an object with unknown plant microorganisms into your vagina and no a little wash in the kitchen sink is not going to sterilize the cucumber the bottom line is if you are really worried that your vagina is not clean enough take comfort in the fact that they are designed to be self-cleaning it produces a discharge that is a form of mucus produced by the cervix the opening of the womb it's a completely normal part of female life and is the vagina's way of keeping itself clean and healthy and when it comes to washing, water and a mild soap is best. 
Dr. Vanessa Mackey, a gynecologist and spokeswoman for the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, previously told The Sun Online, Mild soap or a mild shower cream and water is all that you need to wash the outside of your bottom, front and back. And you don't need to wash your vagina, itself cleans. If you have any concerns about odor, you need to contact your doctor. I repeat, if you have any concerns about odor, you need to contact your doctor. The moral of the story is this. Stay away from cucumbers unless you're planning to eat them. The end. And I'm telling you this now. I have little to no patience anymore for people's fuckery. So don't come at me saying, but Carissa, I read. I don't fucking care what you're. Don't fucking insert a cucumber up your vajayjay. Thank you very much. Let's get on with the next trend that asks you to shove something up you again. That is actually meant to be eaten eaten or turned into vodka. <laughs> I gave you the hint right there. Let me tell you the story of why you should not be shoving potatoes up your ass. <laughs> the next article is entitled Doctors Warning People Not to Insert Frozen Potatoes in Latest Home Remedy. I repeat, doctors warning people not to insert frozen potatoes in latest home remedy. People are trying it because they are too embarrassed to go to the doctor. Okay, before I get into this article, I have a question. So if you do shove a frozen potato, or should I say a French fry-sized piece of potato up your ass and it gets stuck, who are you going to call? Seriously, what are you going to do? Because I can guarantee that it's harder to explain to the ER doctor why you have a frozen potato up your ass than it is to actually go to the doctor in the first place and explain that you have this this problem, which we're going to get into right now as to why people are trying this fucking trend. Sufferers too embarrassed to seek medical help are trying the latest wacky home remedy, but doctors have warned it could be dangerous and you shouldn't do it. A number of online websites suggest a frozen french fry-sized piece of potato inserted internally for 30 seconds is just the ticket for pile sufferers. Because a raw potato is slightly acidic, it apparently can relieve pain and itching while its frozen state constricts blood vessels in the sensitive zone. Although I don't want to read this, I'm going to. Here's what you need to do. You do not do this, but this is what it says. Peel a raw potato and cut it into thin slices, like you do it for french fries, claims one article. Put the slices into the freezer and wait until they are frozen. Insert the frozen potato slice in your anus and leave it inside for 30 seconds. Repeat the process for three to five days. The next three to five days, leave the slice inside for 30 seconds more each time. The potatoes have astringent properties and help relieve the pain and itchy sensation, which usually happens with this condition. While the ice-cold potato constricts the blood vessels, reduces the swelling, and relieves your pain instantly. Hemorrhoids, or piles as they're commonly known, are swollen or bulging veins in the anus. They're similar to varicose veins seen on legs, but in a much more sensitive part of the body. It's estimated around 1 in 20 Brits will experience piles at least once in their life. There are many causes for hemorrhoids, including pregnancy and straining during bowel movement. Long spells of sitting down, constipation, a low-fiber diet, and obesity have also been linked to causing piles. 
Dr. Diana Gall of leading online medical service Doctor for You said, piles can be an irritating condition and sufferers are sometimes too embarrassed to seek professional help, turning to old wives' tales instead. There is no medical evidence that putting frozen potatoes inside the anus can help cure piles. So I would urge caution to anyone thinking of doing it. How about this? Don't fucking do it. Piles often go away on their own after a few days, but there are some tried and trusted ways to keep them at bay. You should drink plenty of fluids and maintain a fiber-rich diet and try having regular warm baths to ease itching and pain. If home treatments do not banish your piles, it is advised to go to your doctor and explore alternative treatments. I repeat, if home treatments, such as the ones mentioned above, not the potato one, um, do not banish your piles, it is advised for you to go to your doctor and explore alternative treatments. New mums who suffer from post-pregnancy piles have been trialing trendy food supplement CBD oil on their uncomfortable regions. CBD is the non-psychoactive part of the cannabis plant, and it is perfectly legal in the UK. The CBD absorbed and actually reached the internal hemorrhoid, admits new mum and social forum Reddit user Baron50Cal. My inflammation began to decrease, as did my pain. I can almost recognize my bottom again. David Barkley is MD of popular UK brand CBD Armor, and he thinks there should be further research into looking at CBD as something that may help ease hemorrhoids. There have been reports of CBD being a very responsive anti-inflammatory, he said, so one can understand why people would consider using it in this manner. It would be beneficial to have some official research into this. As for frozen potatoes, where on earth do people get these crazy ideas from, he said. So I'll be keeping this quite short, as short as possible. Um, please, please, friends, don't shove cucumbers up your, up anything at this point, but especially do not shove it or use it as a home remedy to cleanse your vagina because no, 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 you are risking infection. And if you have any problems, please go visit a doctor. And I know that is a privilege, you know, to go and visit a doctor, but please, please don't believe in everything that you read on the internet, especially when it comes to trying out these home remedies. Um, and please don't shove potatoes up you. Don't shove any fruits or vegetables up any of your orifices. The only time you should shove a fruit or a vegetable in you is through your mouth to eat it. Apart from that, don't use it as a cure for something, all right? Please visit your doctor. Do you know what I find funny? Not funny, haha, but funny in the sense of there are people out there who would tell you don't eat this and don't eat that because, quote unquote, it's unhealthy. Yet they're the same people who would try out these fucking remedies, such as shoving, I don't know, a cucumber up them or a potato up them. And it's just like, what, what are you, what are you doing? What, what is wrong with certain people? What is wrong with people, period? I'm going to end my rant right here because... <laughs> I can't. I could go on and on at the fuckery and shenanigans that people come up with, but I won't. You know, I'm just I'm fed up with some of the shit that I, I read and some of the shit that I hear people like think and not only that they think it, but they say it out loud. And I'm thinking, did you think that through? Did you No, your mama didn't teach you to shut the fuck up? No. OK. <laughs> Thank you.